Market. The S&P, the ISX, stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. G'day Fools, I'm Scott Phillips, the Motley Fools Chief Investment Officer here in Australia. And I'm back with yet another, in our increasingly popular series, Motley Fool Stock of the Week. Yep, we named it pretty simply. It is exactly what it sounds like. We are bringing you one stock every single week, a buy recommendation from one of our services. And with me this week is Motley Fool analyst extraordinaire, Andrew Leggett. Andrew, how are you, mate? Hey, Scott. I'm doing well. Excellent. Now, mate, let me go through the quick boilerplate, but it's important boilerplate, so don't switch off. Three things I want to leave you with. The first thing, I'll do them in a different order just to keep it fresh. The first thing, this is general advice only. We're not giving you personal advice. What we say today is our best guess, our best idea, our best research and analysis, but it is not personal advice. So you need to make sure it works for you. If you're not sure, speak to a licensed personal financial advisor who can help you with it. The second thing, this is a buy recommendation as of the date of recording. Now we're bringing you companies that we don't expect to have their recommendation change anytime soon. We're trying to make these last for you as long as they possibly can, but the internet is forever. And so at some point in the dim distant future when there's robots on earth and I'm no longer here, someone may well open this video. It won't be a buy then or it may be, but it probably won't be a buy then. So remember that this is a buy recommendation now, hopefully for as long as possible, but we do reserve the right to change those. And thirdly, Speaking of buy recommendations, we are long-term investors. We have no prediction, no idea, no estimate, no recommendation about what's going to happen over the next day or week or month or even year. We are long-term investors. We are bringing you our best long-term investment ideas. We think that's the only time period over which you should try and invest. In fact, Motley Fool uh, Chief Rule Breaker, co-chairman, co-founder David Gardner says that the the words or the phrase long-term investor should be a tautology because all investing should be long-term. Right, that out of the way. Let's get back to Andrew, because he's the guy you're here to see and listen to. Uh, Andrew, you are bringing us a company that some may have heard of, some not. This company is RPM Global. The ASX code is R-U-L. What exactly is RPM Global? Well, firstly, they've got a much better name than what they used to be called. They used to be called <laughs> Rungi Pincock Monaco, which just sounds oh, like an absolute that. terrible kind of... <laughs> you know, name right from yep. the start. So I'm glad Not only that, that mate, they actually took the spaces out between them. So it was literally one word, Rangi Pinkot yeah, Binaco, all one word. It was great. <laughs> yeah, Rangi Pinkot Binaco, yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah, so what do they do? They, well, I would call them as being in the mining industry, but, you know, we we get questions a lot at the at the Motley Fool about, you know, what are our thoughts on mining companies? And we do. they're not always the most positive because, you know, mining industry is well known for being an industry where you're, you're price takers, you dig stuff out of the ground and then there's a market that kind of sets the prices. So as long mm-hmm. as you can, it, it's really about how cheap you can move those rocks to wherever they're meant to, meant to go. Now, mm-hmm. RPM Global, on the other hand, is a company that's in the mining industry that has a bit of a difference because it's not digging stuff out of the ground. It's providing the software that's helping these miners dig stuff out of the ground at increasingly more efficient ways and costs. So software companies tend to be better businesses in general than miners, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, every industry is filled with different players. Some are able to capture a lot more profit than others. So software versus miners, the software is going to be able to kind of monetize and profit a lot more than what you will from just, you know, what we typically think of when we think think of miners. And, you know, I flippantly say 
digging stuff out of the ground. I know it's a little bit more complicated than that, but, you know. <laughs> Just a bit. Just a bit. So tell me what it, what it does. It's in the software business, it's in the mining industry. What does it do for those miners? Well, it does. It offers a whole bunch of software that helps it with all bunch of critical with like critical tasks. So you can plan mines and simulate, you know, simulate things in a computer before you decide to take your trucks out to make sure that you're going to get the most out of that mine life. There's all other sorts mm-hmm. of resourcing, you know, anything that is important to the running of a mine. RPM Global is offering software to do that, and they are even increasingly offering more services than what they have in the past. So, and you can count most, if not all, of the major miners as their customers. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good starting point. If you're doing mission critical stuff for mines, you're going to be probably kept around for a little bit of time. I can't imagine they're going back to pen and paper anytime soon, or trying to develop their own internal mainframes or or systems to do exactly that. And we're seeing that so much in software made around the world. The the move towards it's that step change between where we were, whether that's uh, you know desktop accounting with zero, for example. And now, in particular, this is this is mine software being provided specifically to help do some of those tasks and specialize on behalf of those miners in these particular tasks. Okay, so we get the software idea, we get the company idea, we know what it does. To some degree, I may have foreshadowed maybe one of the reasons, maybe I didn't, as to why we like RPM Global in particular. But what is it about RPM Global as investors that recommends itself to us? Yeah, so in regards to what makes it a good investment, so... In my head, I've, I've got this old quote from the book Moneyball where Billy Bean says, if he's such a good hitter, why doesn't he hit well? Um, and I think for RPM Global, people could say yeah. something similar. Is if this is such a growing company, why isn't it growing? Because if you look at it's, its recent if – you, if you look at its recent accounts you know, and its financial statements, you're not going to see a lot of top-line revenue growth there. In fact, you know – the first six months of this financial year, it went backwards. I think between 2010 and 2019, it went backwards as well. So, yeah. The, <laughs> you're not, you're not feeling with confidence yet, mate. I've, I've asked you why you like it. And you told me the revenue is falling. I'm sure there's something that deep down that you're going to tell me is, is worth buying RPM Global. But, yeah, the devil is always in the detail, <laughs> as we know. So It is. If you dig into that company, you will see what they are going through an evolution. So, hmm. Previously, RPM Global was selling its software as you know a perpetual li- what we call a perpetual license business model, which is you pay a large amount of money for a bit of software, you install that software, and then you own that software forever. Mm-hmm. So that is great, and it's it's worked for some companies in the past. But what we've seen across multiple places in the past year is this shift away from perpetual license to what we now call and, you know, going to introduce another term here, software as a service, (laughs) which basically means that you're going to instead, there's going to be software that's hosted on the cloud. You will then purchase a subscription to that software and you will pay an amount each month or each year, whatever the contract terms are, for as long as you find that software useful. Now there's some there's some benefits here. So but going back to the impact about why isn't RPM Global appearing to be a growth company even though it is. So mm. think of it this way. You've just sold a thousand dollar software 
and but now you're replacing that with software that's going to charge a dollar a month for a number of years. So you're seeing these really big lump sums come off the income statement. And we expect, I expect that perpetual software to eventually very soon to hit $0 in revenue. And you're replacing that $1,000 lump sum with multiple $1 payments. So these smaller amounts. But those smaller amounts are far more recurring. They keep coming consistently and you know where they're and you know when they're going to come and you you can plan for it a bit more so it's what they call what some people call the sas cliff so we're at this point at the moment where revenue from all these big lump sums are falling whilst the software as a service is revenues is increasing so there's this little gap valley there that we're currently in but eventually that perpetual license software is going to go to zero and that recurring revenue, the subscription revenue, is going to be far exceeding that. And that's when you're going to see this growth, which is happening. Between the first six months of 2021 and the first six months of 2020, that recurring subscription software element actually increased 65%. You just don't see it in the it, you just don't see it in the you know, the overall group figures because of the fall in the perpetual license. So now that we've gone over the shift, now what does that mean? Now, it's a very profitable business model because you're getting all this recurring money come in, but the costs of adding new users, new customers doesn't doesn't rise along with it. In fact, it, it the hate using these kind of technical terms, but the incremental cost of adding a new customer is very little. So eventually, as this pool of subscription revenue keeps growing, the costs that are associated with that don't rise at the same pace, which means more and more money will end up flowing to that bottom line, the the profit. And that's what you want. And I think as of March, I think, that annualized recurring revenue element, this what you know that the amount of revenue that they got from subscriptions. That if you then kind of look forward twelve months as to how much it would roughly be, is currently just under twenty million. So it, mm-hmm. it's a large sum. So this is a business that's currently undergoing a shift to a more profitable business model, but because it's actually in the middle of it or just coming to the end of it, it's still not showing up in the numbers yet and. That's what I believe provides the opportunity. So value hidden in plain sight to some degree. It's fair to say, I think, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we expect the, and I use, I'll use a jargon term this time, the lifetime value of a customer under the subscription model, uh, business model, is likely to be higher than their perpetual license selves. So they might have bought a perpetual license once, maybe they paid some maintenance, maybe they didn't, maybe they upgraded the software, maybe they never did. In this case, the company expects that those companies are worth more, customers are worth more to them as monthly licensed subscribers than as perpetual licensed buyers. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's completely accurate. And it's also likely we think that people will be more likely to take their software because rather than having to put, and you use very small numbers, of course, in, in a mining in a mining world, it might be a, a, a you know a five, six, I don't imagine seven figure, certainly a six figure license fee up front. 
versus a much, much smaller monthly or yearly subscription fee. It's also less taxing uh, on the company's balance sheet, P&L, and frankly, CFOs tend to like it a lot more if they can pay small amounts regularly rather than one big, big number up front as well. So it's also a more attractive option for, for purchases, right, on the same basis. Yeah, and what we've seen from the company announcements is most of these uh, subscription software subscriptions, uh, you know, currently in the three to five years so that's a lot of years of what to expect of increase you know consistent cash flow coming in and you know a business can survive without profits a business can't survive without cash so you know i think i can see why cfos and a whole bunch of people enjoy and like this software as a subscription business a lot more than the far lumpier perpetual license business. It's cash that pays the bills, isn't it? Mate, um, before we keep going, just a reminder, this uh, Stock of the Week is available as a podcast through Motley Fool Money. Jump on your usual podcast feeds. Or if you're listening to it on the podcast, go the other way, jump on our YouTube channel because it's also a YouTube video where you can see, well, I don't know if you want to see my face or not, but you can, should you choose to. Also see Andrew, you can see the, the smiles on our faces and, uh, and get a bit, a bit more of a full picture. So if you're listening on the podcast, check out the YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to check out the podcast. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. We always at the Motley Fool like to present... I wouldn't say I wouldn't say an even story. We don't try and equalize the risks and, and the opportunities, but we do like to highlight the risks where they exist. It wouldn't be a buy recommendation if we didn't think the the upside well and truly covered the downside, but there is some downside risk. So maybe you can just share with us some of the risks of investing in RPM Global. Yeah, sure. So we've talked a lot about you know this transition that they're going on, and the biggest risk mm-hmm. is that that transition doesn't play out. Some companies have tried this before and didn't quite, you know, it didn't quite become as lucrative as they thought. So that would be the biggest risk because that is essentially our investment thesis is based on this mm. successful you know, transition away from perpetual license to software as a service. Now, there's always it, – it's the mining industry that they service. Now, this is a very cyclical industry with prices that, that peak and bust you know, frequently over a 10-year period. Now, what that could mean is that – in times when you know commodity prices aren't as low, that mm. paying money for a new service to help them, you know, run their minds might not be the greatest source of money, especially because they may actually be pulling back mining activities during those times when prices are lower. So that's a risk as well. And that's just part that's just part of the industry. And then there's always competition as well you know it doesn't take much to create software it takes mm. a lot to create really good software but mm. i've got no doubt that there are people probably in some you know accelerator program somewhere. or something <laughs> that is yeah. trying to find or build software that they think will do things better than rpm global now they rpm global has the you know, relationships already, but if something better and and or cheaper comes along, that could take, you know, that could take part of their customers away. And as we've talked about that, that leverage where revenue increases far greater than costs is great when things are going in the right direction. (laughs) If they go in the opposite direction, I, I, I don't think that's the case here, but it could happen. 
when it goes in the opposite direction, it's just as it can be very bad, just as much as it can be very good when things are doing it, when things are going the way that we want it. So those are kind of the summary of what I see as the, 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 the major risks of RPM Global at the moment. Perfect, mate. Thank you for that summary. It's important to do. All right, here's where the rubber hits the road, mate. This is the 30-second, 45-second, 60-second elevator pitch. After everything you've just shared with our listeners and viewers, give us the wrap-up, mate. Give us the the something like, somewhere between 30 and 60-second pitch. Why should our listeners and viewers buy RPM Global today? Okay, so RPM Global is a software company that services the biggest names in mining to help them do things better and Currently, because they're going through this transition that we have been talking about, we think that the numbers that are coming through for the company currently aren't doing the company justice and that there is a far brighter future ahead. Nicely done. There you go, Phils. Andrew Leggett, Motley Fool Analyst Extraordinaire, and a fellow Motley Fool Share Advisor Analyst works from there on that service as well as others, uh, but I'm uh, pretty pretty proud to work with Andrew. Phils, we hope you've enjoyed Motley Fool Stock of the Week. We will be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel. If you're under 45, just trust me, that was a saying that people used to know in the old days. Uh, we will bring you another Motley Fool Stock of the Week on YouTube, on the podcast channel you're now listening through. And, of course, don't forget, jump onto our socials. You can get us now. Andrew, remind me what your Twitter handle is. My Twitter handle is my name, at Andrew Leggett. Pretty straightforward. There we go. You can also get me on Insta or Twitter, at TMFScottP, the same handle. You can jump on the Motley Fools accounts, also on Twitter and Insta, at the Motley Fool AU. We try and keep it simple and keep it consistent where we can. Unfortunately, didn't quite get there with Facebook. So the Motley Fool Australia is our Facebook handle, or Scott Phillips Money is my personal professional Facebook page. You can, as I said, please subscribe to the Motley Fool Money podcast using your favourite Android podcast app, Apple app, or the listener app for our friends at Southern Cross Osterio. And you can, of course, when we ask you to go to our YouTube channel. It's kind of been reinvigorated recently. This is part of that reinvigoration. Jump onto the YouTube channel. Just search Motley Fool Australia. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit the notification bell so you get the reminders when new content like this drops. The very second it drops, you can be notified that there is something there waiting for you. Some Motley Fool goodness. Until then, full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.